Hello and welcome to another episode of Generation Zennial. Keith and Vinny here again, and we're going to have our first ever guest here today. We're going to take a side topic, something we haven't talked about at all yet on Generation Zennial. Uh, we're going to go into a little bit of sports and particularly sports betting. So we got special guest Brett here uh, coming on, joining us this morning. Brett, how's it going today? And Hi, Brett. Hey, guys. How's it going? What are your Keith, thoughts? Vinny? I'm going well. living the dream. Here we are. Fantasy football team is on the verge of playoffs, so. Mine too, actually. Yeah, I'm one, I'm, I'm one win away from uh, clinching a playoff spot in my fantasy football team. So, I played my brother-in-law this weekend, and we are tied. So it's going to be an interesting weekend. All right, well, good luck. And there so, is yeah, money Brett, on the line, so relative topic. Yeah, so Brett, tell, you know, tell us a little bit about your background in, uh, in sports betting and how, how you kind of got into it. And A funny story. I think I was 15 years old, and I went out and visited my uncle in Boston and uh, he was able to put bets in every week. And I was like, yeah, I wanted on that. And I must've had an extra 20 or 30 bucks in my pocket somehow doing odd jobs. I don't know how I got money when I was 15. I guess it just comes to you randomly. It just kind of falls into your lap. Yeah. Hey, hey dad. Hey mom, can I have some money? Well, anyway, so uh, the giants were playing some team and, uh, I was like, yeah, I think the Giants are going to win, you know. And uh, my uncle said, well, the spread is three and a half. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? He goes, well, that means they have to win by three and a half points. And I said, oh, no problem. The Giants are going to smash whoever they're going to play this week. So I gave my uncle the 20 or 30 bucks to put down. We watched some of the game. Giants won. And I was like, sweet, where's my, where's my money? He goes like, oh, you actually lost. I was like, what? He goes, well, the Giants won by like two points. So you lost. I was like, oh, this is weird. This is the spread. So you learn what a spread means. <laughs> exactly. I think I finally explained to my wife two years ago what the spread is. Then I really never really gambled uh, until maybe about five, six years ago. And then that's when I started learning, you know, all about the Vegas lines, the spreads, the under overs, got some friends into it. And we'd always, you know, hang out and talk about, uh, maybe, maybe this might've been 10 years ago, I, five, 10 years ago nowadays, seems like, uh, oh, uh, I was like yesterday. Yeah. Time is, <laughs> time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so yeah, my friends and I kind of got into it and, uh, doing it for, you know, fun with fantasy, of course, you know, you're doing fantasy, like, oh, you know, well, let's, let's bet on some games. And then, uh, I kind of got into the next level of it with going to some sites where like actual Vegas guys would live in Vegas and sit in casinos and talk to people. So I kind of got the inside information a little bit with them and, uh, I, I still pretty much follow some pros and I make my own bets here and there. you know, like if there's a Sunday night football game on and sometimes you just want to throw a couple bucks on it just to see if you're going to win or get upset, I guess that's, that's what happens a lot. You just get upset watching a game, but like fantasy, it makes you kind of watch and makes everything a little more interesting. Yeah, and, and as long as you're not throwing, you know, two thousand dollars on a game or anything crazy like that, you know, it's 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 a fun little waste of money. 
Well, that's the, yeah, that's the issue with gambling, right? Is you got you you always want to bet within your means. You don't want to ever overextend yourself um, and find yourself in a financial hole because you're gambling. Um, I've never been much of a gambler personally. I do play the fantasy football, and um, you know, once in a while, I do, I do like to play poker, but I don't consider that gambling. I consider that more of a game of skill. <laughs> but, that's why that's actually legal in some places, right? Because it, they they consider a game of skill and not necessarily gambling. Um, because there's a little bit more to poker than just betting on who you think is going to win a game by how many points or whatever. Right. Like you said, poker, poker definitely is skill because you can play with some pros, you can play with amateurs and you can have the crappiest hands in the world and still win the game based on how you play the game and how you bet and all that stuff. So but don't get me wrong. There's still a ton of luck involved in poker. Oh, there's still, you still got to get the cards dealt. If you don't get but the cards, <laughs> you can't play anything, you know? Um, you know it's more it, about it, making it, your own luck than you, rather you just can only like, bluff so often yeah. before you get caught with it. As a, as a former poker player myself, um, are you yeah. retired? <laughs> yeah, I just you know what it is we we used to um, I used to have uh, two different weekly games that I played in on Thursday nights and Sunday afternoons, and, and you know Thursday night one was kind of like friendly you know ten dollar buy in with just the friends hanging around drinking beers. The Sunday game was it was still with friends, but it was a little pricier. It was you know it wasn't like just a ten dollar buy in. It was like twenty dollar buy in, and then. If you lose, you can rebuy and we just keep going until either you're poor or we get tired. And <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of cash like, games. I was playing with kids from Fairfield, so it was a little bit more pricey. Yeah, they were, they were a little more pricey. Yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah. it was cash games. You know, so some nights I would walk away with $200. Some nights I would walk away down $100, you know, uh, depending on the night. But it's just, it, poker is one of those things that if you don't keep doing it and then you go sit down somewhere, you're just going to get schooled because you do, you, you do lose a little bit of that skill. There's a lot of patience, but, but go back to the sports thing for a second. Cause you know, I, I've tried dabbling in the sports betting once in a while. Cause you got, you got the apps now that you can do the stuff in and all that. I just feel like there's a lot of research involved in order to make it, you know, it, if you actually want to win money at it, you can't just be like, I have a good feeling about this team today. That's That's how I look at it. Cause every time I just kind of like, Oh, whatever. Da, 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 and I'm never going to win anything. Why don't you speak to that a little bit? And, uh, you know, what, what, what approaches do you take to, to your research about? Well, I'm all about data. So I like to just scroll through data and get the bar graphs in my head and, and, and look at, uh, look at some movements, things like that. Uh, but a lot of guys out in Vegas, they say, well, you know, if you like something, you got to grab it when you can. So there are guys, there are guys out in Vegas that will literally wake up at like four o'clock in the morning, drive across town to go to the MGM or whatever have you to get the four instead of the four and a half because it was available. I think that's absolutely crazy, but that's what, that's what professional Vegas gamblers have to do is they have to grab the opportunity to get certain lines after they do there must be guys that could spend 10 hours a day looking through stuff. I'd like to look through stuff for a couple of minutes and check with some other guys and make a, make a decently educated bet. But if you really want to make money, you have to be a professional and that's your life. It's a full-time job, right? That's what, you know, that's with anything. I think, um, you know, even in the, even in the the quote unquote gig economy we have now is if you want to if you want to put your put yourself out there, you really do. I need to treat it like a full time job. Well, I, th- I think it also depends on how you view gambling as well. It's like, is it do you want to do it as a job to make money or are you doing it as entertainment? 
you know, if you, if you're looking at gambling, whether it's uh, sports gambling or any, just, you know, going to casino gambling is, are you going there to literally try to make money to pay rent or are you going there as a form of entertainment? And therefore you look at it a little differently. You don't have to, you know, if I'm just, Hey, I'm going to bet on the Super Bowl. I'm going to do the over under that's entertainment. You know, maybe I make money. Maybe, you know, you do the Super Bowl pool. Everyone picks a, a square. There's nothing. The square is literally, there's no logic that goes in there because it's completely random. That is true gambling. And that's entertainment versus, like you said, the professional guys that get up at five o'clock in the morning to go get a quarter of a point better to make a little bit more money is, is first of all, I wouldn't do that. Cause I can't, I don't have that kind of schedule. <laughs> also, I don't live in Vegas. <laughs> I've been to Vegas a couple times and I've seen the people in the sports betting area. And I'm just like, I walk by and I see the big board and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to craps instead. I just don't know what's going on here. Yeah. Now, obviously the, you know, the NFL is in the, in the middle of their season, you know, sports schedule has kind of got out of whack this year with COVID-19 going on. Um, but you know, what, what sports do you like to primarily bet on Brett? Uh, usually the major ones like football, uh, Baseball is is pretty tough because every day in baseball, one team can easily win over. Uh, you know, the Marlins this year went to the playoffs because of weird COVID reasons as well and scheduling and stuff like that. So, so baseball is just you, – you're basically betting on pitchers in baseball. You're not really betting on mm. – the team itself, you have to look at the pitcher, and that's why usually when you go to the betting site, they'll say they'll list the pitcher who's starting. Yeah, even I, even the few times I've played fantasy baseball in my life, I, I, I realized that was you know, baseball's a, that's a huge part of it, right? Like, who you know, who, who's going to be the pitcher that you're going to be facing that week or day? Um, so yeah, getting, getting involved in that can get a little meticulous, I, I'd assume. Um, any uh, any lines this week you have on, on, off the top of your head that that, that, that you like? Oh, uh, speaking of pitchers, okay. We, uh, how about quarterbacks? There you Is go. There, uh, the Saints, Drew Brees will not be playing, and I believe it's Jameis Winston will be starting for the Saints. I believe this week. that is correct. Yes, and uh, you can easily tell when that information came out because the Vegas Lions went from, I believe it was Saints minus seven or seven and a half, which means if you bet the Saints, they would have to win by seven or eight points for you to either push, which is you win nothing, you get your money back, or you win. And then when the news was out that Breeze wasn't going to start, the line immediately went down to Saints minus five. Which means that, obviously, Vegas thought that Drew Brees was worth two points. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which, yeah, which is funny to think about it that way, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, that was an interesting, actually, injury last week with Drew Brees. Left the game. Uh, report came out that he had a rib contusion. And turns out that he had a fractured rib with uh, lung involvement. So, Ooh. That was a <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be playing for a while then. No, I, mean, I think I think he's going to be out. He's going to be some time. Anyone that's ever has a, had a bruised rib even knows how debilitating that could be, and, and you can't you can't breathe comfortably when you have a bruised rib, even without the lung as part of it. Yeah, it's happened to me a few times actually um, in the wrestling ring. Believe it or not, <laughs> um, it, ha- it happened to me in a mosh pit. 
There you go. <laughs> You're too small to be a mosh pit ski. What are you I doing? was Get smaller then too. <laughs> uh, our younger days. <laughs> That's when we didn't have responsibilities. Now, do you, do you, so here, here's my question about sports betting. It's more of a general, how do you feel about the situation? Cause I know it's not, it's where is it legal technically in the States? It's Jersey, right? In Vegas, in Nevada, where else can we legally do sports betting? I think there's a couple other States that have allowed it, but uh, you have to go to a casino and you'd have to go to one that has a sports book. Right. Uh, there's apps now, like in Jersey, you can just be in Jersey on your app and bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not aware of other states that have apps, but there must be a bunch because DraftKings advertises like crazy right? and FanDuel advertises like crazy. So there, there must be many markets where people have access to the apps to, to put their 10, 20, 50 bucks down. And right. of course, the uh, the other way you can go around it is you can go offshore, which is pretty popular. So, you know, there's a company in Bermuda or the Cayman Islands, and you kind of transfer money over there. And the problem is you have to transfer it back. And that's when things get tricky with the government because it could be reported by your bank. Yeah, I was going to say that's that, that for me, I feel like it's a big red flag. I remember back in the like the mid 2000s, early mid 2000s, like when online poker was a big thing. You know, there, you couldn't do it in the States, but there was a lot of, you know, like you said, offshore ish type places that you could um, register at and transfer your money to them. But then some of them had different reputations about actually giving your money back when you won, like when you want to cash out. Some places just they wouldn't cash out to you because their bank would either either you couldn't deposit in because your bank would allow it or you couldn't cash it out because your bank wouldn't allow it. So it was a very big area. So personally, I mean, anyone listening to this in America, I wouldn't recommend using offshore accounts unless you uh, really know how to do that because you just might get screwed. <laughs> if you're going to do it, start with a small amount to try to see if it actually works. It's funny how people will always take your money, but sometimes they don't always give it back. <laughs> oh, it's so weird, right? <laughs> so crazy. Especially in the gambling world. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thunk? Or on a credit card. If you buy something on a credit card, oh. you it literally shows up before the transaction goes through. But if you ever need money back from a credit card company, they're like, oh, yeah, that'll, that's going to take three to five business days or weeks even. Oh, yeah. Always hard to get your money back. I got a flight refunded back in April and it took like three weeks to get the flight refunded, but I had, I got it back. So that was good. After spending three hours on the phone with them. <laughs> and story. they had your money for three weeks and they made interest off it. Oh, they had my money for like six months. Yeah. Oh, well, cause I, this is, I was going to go to Vegas for a conference. So I had bought out everything way ahead of time. Then of course everything got shut down. So they were, they were giving full refunds, but you had to call and do the whole thing and don't order to get it. So they, yeah, they will definitely they'll hold on to your money for that reason. Uh, I, I like to buy my ticket plane tickets early so I could get the good seats. I know I'm going somewhere. I want to book it early so I get good pricing and good seats. That's what you got to do if you have see a number in Vegas that you like. Yeah. You got to book it early. It all comes back to the same thing. Then you got to book it at the right. It's it's just like shopping. You got to buy things at the right time. You got to book it at the right time to get the the right numbers. 
to jump on the opportunities. Well, that's you know, you can see that even with um, table games in, in casinos too, you know, you want to be the first person to bet on a certain spot because when everyone else hops on it, that's when it's not going to pay out anymore. Yes, that's how probability works. <laughs> it, it, it seems like it does. Well, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, that nah, can't, you know, that I, you know, I bet on one thing, I make it. So everyone's like, oh, he made money on it. Let me bet on that too. And of course, now, how many times is that thing, same thing going to keep paying? It can't keep coming up with no, the same that's number. That's not the way it works, right? Because that's, I mean, that's not how, that's not how, that's not how probability actually works. It's not. Sometimes it does, though, because randomness does work that way. Look at the Patriots the past 20 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> you could bet on them every year to go to the Super Bowl. And, except uh, for this you, year. Except for this year. <laughs> yeah, well, that bet would have paid off. How many How many times Super Bowls have they been in the past 20 years? Like Seven. Six, seven? So eight. Eight, sorry, because they have six They've been rings. They've eight Super Bowls. And... Right, they have eight, six rings? Brady has no, six they, rings? They lost to the Giants. Twice. Twice. They've won, they've won six. They've won six, yeah. So six. that would be... So that'd be... Eight, yeah, eight times out of 20 is not, not, not bad. Yeah, that's, that's pretty great. And even the, even the years that they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, they still made the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Every, I mean, every, every year. So you, I mean, you yeah, could they won the AFC East like how many years straight? Although you could have bet on that, it would have been guaranteed money, but also your margins aren't great, so you're not going to make big profit on it. Well, that's what I get into because what I do, what I do like gambling on is is horses. Oh, so um, I don't know if you have any experience bet on horses, Brett. But uh, I've bet some uh, with the big ones. You got the the Belmont, the uh, Kentucky Derby, and the uh, Preakness. Yeah, yeah. Right? The, the thing I learned about that is you got to. You know, bet to place. Don't bet for first, second, or third. Bet bet for podium. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. I'm also a fan of like boxing exactas. Um, yeah, because that's always frustrating. That's just fine. I, I think I do that just because it's frustrating if you if you do get the two horses that finish first and second, but they're in the opposite order and you don't win. <laughs> that's just a super frustrating feeling. So I might as well spend the extra money and put put both bets down. But maybe that's just me. Um, but yeah, it's funny because you know I know people who uh, we we were on a road trip for wrestling one one uh, one weekend, and the guy was one of the guys I was in the car with couldn't wait to get to the Jersey border so he could start <laughs> betting on horses. And this is in the middle of the night, and he's betting on horse races in Australia. Oh, geez. The next like the next day, like <laughs> over there, right? So <laughs> it amazes me how many uh, horse was, races are was, happening at all times. Right. I mean, but, I mean that's the thing. You can you can you can you can basically find gambling whenever you want to. Yeah, you walk, you walk into the bookie room at the casino. There's always a horse race on from somewhere in the world. It's crazy. Or cricket. They bet on cricket too. I, I like cricket. I That's do. Long, it's, that could be a long haul. Well, it's, it depends too. Cause you know, they, they started the new, um, the new matches where they're a little bit shorter and quicker and oh, are they? you know, they're not, they're not seven day tests or whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert on cricket, but you know, the few times I've been to England, it's 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 fun to watch on the on the telly. You know, I learned how to play it in like third grade in gym class. So did you? Yeah, we did. We we, did we didn't we didn't have that. Brett and I went to the same high school. I didn't I didn't lead off with that, but that's that's how I I knew Brett. We we went to high school together. Yeah, we were on the same Tiger Ball team. Yes, Tiger Ball. <laughs> I love Tiger Ball. Tiger Ball. What's Tiger Ball? Tiger Ball is basically handball. Um, it's 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 just a game. Uh, we called the tiger ball cause we were the Kingston Kingston tigers. Mm. And, um, it was basically a game. Yeah. Like the, when the ball's on the ground, you have to play soccer, but if it gets kicked up above your waist, you can run with it 
And then if you get tagged, you have to give the ball up. And there was like a, a hockey size goal. It's it a fun game. I played goalie all the time. It was, what it was made great. this game up? This is, it sounds great, by the way. I just want yeah, to no, it's it's sounds um, like a great game. It, there's a there's a sport that's very similar to it. It's I don't think it's called handball. I think that's something else. But we're, yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't I don't know. So let's not talk about it. <laughs> so wait, you guys you guys didn't just play burn before class started? What's that? Oh, where you throw the tennis ball against the building. And then when it bounces off, if it touches you but you don't catch it, you have to oh, run to the wall. And if yes, you, you have to run to the wall for it. and touch the ball before you get pegged with the ball. I'm pretty sure we just called it wall ball. Yeah, oh, call, wall ball. We call it burn. I don't know why. That's a better name. And then, I mean, and then if you're in the back, you call headhunter, and everyone drops to the ground, and you throw it really low to the ground, see if you hit someone in the head. No, we didn't do that. Yeah, but. it's definitely illegal nowadays. <laughs> Well, you know, as, 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 an, as an athletic trainer by trade, yeah, um, don't hit people in the head. It's not, well, you know, it's not healthy. Not that we never did because we weren't, we were, this is elementary school. It's not this like is hey, before, this throw. is before, this is before concussions existed. Hey, <laughs> we couldn't really throw that hard because we That's were true. like in That's, fifth grade. That's true too. Except for like that one kid that was like, you know, probably shouldn't be in fifth grade. <laughs> Or the one kid who hit puberty early, and they're like, yeah, it was like a massive giant, like six feet tall, bailing <laughs> <laughs> on kids. Uh, good wrong. times. Oh man. So now I feel like I want to go bet on this, some sort of sport. See, the well, problem is I do. See, here's the problem: I do like to gamble, and I'm very much going through withdrawal of not being able to go to the casino right now. <laughs> yeah, because you live not too far away from the casinos in Connecticut. Yeah, well, it's an hour, but that's it's an hour on the highway, so it's not bad. Yeah, it's I just have to if I go at night, I kind of have to plan my exit strategy so I don't fall asleep on the way home. That's uh, true. You know, make sure I have a caffeinated beverage on the ride home to stay awake or whatnot. Um, but it's also like I, I went actually did go back in like May or June when like when we were getting better and they'd opened up and they, they had protocols. I went and played, played craps for a while, uh, made some money, which is nice. Um, but then things got worse. And I was like, yeah, we're not going back. <laughs> so my wife's like, you're not going back. Like, Damn it. Um, Cause it's, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, this, they have hand sanitizer everywhere right now. They're checking temperatures as you walk in, everyone's wearing masks. Um, they got dividers up everywhere. So, and they put UV lights in the filtration systems. So they're trying to do the best they can. Uh, just the, the local area started spiking and it's like, that made me nervous. A lot of the local areas are spiking, but um, I think that's why, you know, the, the, well, everything's moving online, isn't it? And just that this whole COVID-19 situation is just, just forcing that to just move everything online. And that's... Which has actually surprised me why we haven't moved. So going back to what I was saying before about where it's legal to do sports betting, because I do know like uh, the last year or two, there was a movement to try to legalize sports betting across the nation. And because, you know, it's a, they're aware, you know, people are just calling bookies in Vegas to do it anyways. You can go to Jersey and do it, whatever. So why aren't we just making it legal for people to do it anywhere? I know there's a lot of pros right. and cons for that. People have well, like, their well, own axe to grind. But also too, like you're, like you're, you know, you're, you're, let it be local, right? Let let New York take take in some right. of that revenue from 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 gambling and, and exactly. online. And as long as you know, and even some of that money can go back to to you know you can, things you like can gamblers have this... anonymous and people, you know, because that that's the scary thing. I think people a lot of people worry about with gambling is that. Um, it, it, it can 
it can ruin your life if you do it, anything's addicting right like right. anything and if you get addicted to anything it, it, it can have detrimental effects and gambling is definitely one of those things because people have lost their life savings thinking they mm-hmm. you know thinking they can get their money back if, after they lost it um right. there's a great twilight zone episode um was it wow what's the name of it slipping but it's the, you know it's the the guy he didn't want to gamble and then he ends up putting one quarter in and wins the jackpot and then his life savings is gone because he tried to do it again, tried to win it again. So, um, uh, I can't remember the name of that episode. That's going to, that's going to haunt me. But you're right. That that's where I, I feel like, you know, if it's legal, some places and not other places where we got this patchwork of state's rights kind of thing going on. It's like, let's just make it legal through an app or online, whatever, let the, let the state casinos run it. So the revenue still goes to local, Instead of like going, you know, if I'm in Connecticut, why should I be paying Vegas? Why can't well, I pay Mohegan Sun? You know, and let the and let them take the profits and because whatever for in Connecticut, anyways, whatever Foxwoods and um, Mohegan make, they pay a large percentage of that back to the state. Yeah. Like they're paying a lot of the slot revenue, everything back to the state, even though technically they're sovereign nations within the state. Whatever. Uh, well, you know, there's yeah, reasons they, for that. I know there's reasons, but it's like, <laughs> so technically they didn't have to pay, but they do pay because it's like a handshake deal that they made, which is why they don't want MGM moving into Bridgeport. That's a whole nother story. The fever, by the way, Vinny. Thank you, Brett. Thank I, you for someone looking up on the internet. Yeah. It's like, it's almost as though we all have computers in front of us. Yeah. Weird. I like this. I know. My, um, yeah. Good job, Brett. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, I mean, any, anything else you want to add to the conversation, Brett? About uh, I, I would like to mind? say is uh, don't bet like you, you guys were talking about it before. Try not to bet on things that everyone thinks is a sure winner. You really have to find the 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 underdog or the 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 weird thing that no one like. You know, if you're if you are in Vegas and you see people running to take the Patriots. Maybe you shouldn't take the Patriots, mm-hmm. and and a lot of times you can get the Patriots, or the, their opponent. You can get them minus. Uh, well, not this year. Let's not say the Patriots. Let's let's take the Packers this year. Packers, Steelers, Chiefs. some other Chiefs. All those spreads are usually you know, that team minus seven, minus eight, minus nine, minus ten. And when you see, oh, yeah, that's a sure bet. They'll win by three touchdowns. Well, you know what? That That's usually not the case. Great teams just find ways to win, and they don't always blow out teams. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's 100% true. You look at the scores in the NFL, and I'm sure there's a lot of data on this, but, um, you know, how, how close games actually are in the NFL. I mean, um, you talk about the pace. closer than what people think. Yeah, you talk I about think- the Pats. How many field goal victories were there? Especially in the playoffs, Pats won by field goals all the time. Yeah, because you're right. Like Brett said, they're just you're, good teams are just good coaches too. And as much as Bill Belichick, a lot of people don't like him, he's been a proven good coach, right? <laughs> he has the numbers behind him, and he, you know, it's, that's that's what good NFL coaches do is they they find ways to win games, and that might not always be by a few touchdowns. It could be by a field goal, even against. Um, yeah, wins a goal. win. It doesn't matter how much it's by. Like what was that game? I think it was like one or two weeks ago um, when the Steelers played Dallas, and everyone thought. I mean, Dallas is right oh. now is dealing with a ton of ton of injuries. You lose money on that one, Brett. 
Probably. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Dallas is obviously struggling this year. They got a lot of injuries they're dealing with. Um, they weren't great. They got they weren't great to begin with, and the Steelers are undefeated. And I don't know what the spread was, obviously, but um, I'm assuming it was pretty pretty big because it had to be thirteen. The, yeah, the disparities between the teams, and it was like a what six point game, I think, three point game, something like that. It was really close. Um, and another thing too is, um, like you take because you know being in New York, you look at a team like the Jets who are just struggling like awful this year. And their spreads are usually big enough where, you know, you never know when, when they're going to be able to cover a bet or not. Also, those guys are playing for money. Yeah. They're all professionals, I, right? Yeah. They, they want their, they want their contracts for the next five years. So they're going to, they're going to hustle. Yeah. Uh, just the jets though. I don't, they find ways to just throw out games somehow. They, I think the jets were actually very competitive last week against somebody. And in the first first half, and then in the second quarter, they they couldn't like they couldn't get a first down. That was the Patriots. <laughs> it was the Patriots because because yes. I turned on the game and they were winning by ten points in the fourth quarter, and I was like, "Wow, the Jets are going to beat the Patriots in the fourth quarter." And then you know, family stuff, we got distracted. And I looked at the score later. I was like, "What happened here?" It's, again, they, they. I don't know if that was the Patriots found a way to win or the Jets just found a way to lose. I wonder is there is there is there a line for the Jets going uh 16 this year? That might be a that might be a good bet to put down right now. It is hard to go 0-16 in the NFL. That's that's why it might be a pretty good bet. I don't know what the, I don't know what the payoff on that would be. I think it'd be better to bet that at the beginning of the season though versus the end. You know what I mean? Because the closer you get to the end, when it looks like it's more guaranteed to happen, uh, it's less profit versus if you pay if you were to buy that at the beginning of the season before any game played. Oh yeah, I mean um, I don't think I'd bet on any team to go zero and sixteen before the season started. <laughs> just like I wouldn't bet on any team to go undefeated before the season started. Like just that's just it's it's one of those almost impossibilities to do. I think what there's been two undefeated teams in the NFL, and there's only been once where a team has lost every game, the zero and sixteen Lions a few years back. So. True. Probably. Yeah. But like you said, any given Sunday, you can still win a game, even if you're the worst team in the game in, in the league. hundred percent. So there's also factors. people, there's also people think that a, a good college team can beat a team like the jets. That's it's not possible. I mean, college kids versus professional guys that have been doing it for years. Uh, people say Clemson this year might be able to score a couple touchdowns on the Jets, but I, I kind of disagree. As- yeah, no, I think I think people who just watch sports kind of casually um, do do think that a lot. But you're but you're right because you think about all of those players on the Jets. Well, not maybe not all, but most of those players on the Jets at, at least got drafted to the NFL or at least got looks in the NFL and. Mm-hmm. Even on a, even on a big D one team like Clemson or any big D one team, only a handful of those kids are get, are going to get drafted. And don't forget when you talk about college versus you know, the, the reason why you know majority of the NFL players go through college anyways because they got to bulk up too. You talk about size difference, experience. Well, you take you take a experience team. You take the Jets. Like it, you got years of experience. There's slightly different rules, which isn't a big deal. Um, you know, two feet instead of one foot in before to catch a ball that's an easy adjustment but you, you talk about physicality and size well that's where, that's got, basically got, where it comes down to you know, right? if you got a line of 
you know, mid 20, mid to late twenties, early thirties linemen going up against, you know, 19 year olds. Come on. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's basically <laughs> Come on. 19 year olds are going to get destroyed. Yeah. No matter what, basically. Um, but yeah, their, their conditioning is not going to be nearly the same as what an NFL conditioning is. Yeah. They condition a lot in college, but come on. It just, you're not going to have the same, the same team. Well, any sport we have, so it's such a physical sport, and you know you're gonna have you're gonna have issues when with an with a 18, 19 year old basically kid going against, going up against a right. professional athlete. So, so I, I, yeah, I think that's a the fantasy of them being able to uh, do that. I, I don't think that's reality. Brett, did we lose you? No, I'm here. <laughs> All right, just checking. Uh, just uh, looking at some numbers. Sorry. Oh, yeah, no oh. Uh, your screen went blank. I was like, what happened? No, we lost Brett. Oh, why did it go blank? I don't know. That's why That's why I got lost. Yeah, we, yeah so we, so we, thought you, we thought you did that on us. Like, I'm out because I'm talking about college now. I don't care about college. <laughs> college sports are stupid. No, just kidding. Um, although the fact that college football is even playing right now is still remarkable to me. Only, only certain conferences, obviously. Yeah, they all seem to be down south, but that's, another, that's a whole other story, isn't it? And, and, and they're, they're constantly having to change their lineup every week because, you know, a third or a quarter of their team tests positive one week, so they have to quarantine, and now you have a different team coming up. It's just like – it's completely randomness. Um, that's a, so that's that'd be good, hard to bet on. That's a good point. Uh, Brett, you know, have you seen any – any issues with COVID as far as, you know, the uncertainty of, of, of everything with COVID-19 going on? Have you seen that influence? Oh, uh, that, that definitely will change lines every week. But I think the most, most I'm talking about the, the quick, the quickness of everything too, right? Like, um, cause, cause you, even in the NFL a couple of weeks now, we've seen issues. It hasn't happened in a few weeks, but where games have had to get changed, games have had to get moved. Um, players have all of a sudden had to drop out of games because of uh, positive tests. Um, everything's moving kind of quick, so I don't, I don't know if that's had any impact on on the sports betting world as a whole. I'm not sure about that one, but I will say the NBA will probably change permanently because of this. The schedule is going to be different mm-hmm. from here on out. Uh, there might be some sort of tournament playoff I, I i believe they're gonna have some sort of pre-tournament to, def, to, to, to figure out who gets into the playoffs hmm. uh which kind of makes it a little more interesting instead of just i mean basketball goes on for such a long time it's it's like and usually by the first couple months of the year of the season you kind of know who's the best basketball team and they're usually going to go to the playoffs and they're usually like lakers uh, Giannis and the Bucks, and so the NFL, I think, kind of needed something like this to change things up. Uh, and football's not going to change. It, it's always going to be sixteen weeks, maybe, maybe seventeen weeks. Uh, but you're yeah. not gonna, you're not going to have a tournament or anything like that in football. It's going to be playoffs. Boom. Well, yeah, you can't. Well, it's it's so hard because yeah, you you can only play so many games in a year. Um, Right, I did hear about that, but the NBA though they're talking about now doing more of like a hockey schedule, where instead, because you know they were going to one town, playing one time, and then moving on to another town, playing the one time, now going to one town, playing two to three games in a row, being rested, because the, the players were saying, "Wow, we feel really great. We're playing better because we're no, we're not traveling. We have energy." So they're 
they're going to do that. Maybe, yeah, make it more like a maybe that consolidates think, the season too. I think that's what people like about baseball too, is you get, you get those series, right? It's, you're not just right. playing, you're not just playing one game and then moving on. It's you get, you get, you know, three or four games in a row where you get to face the same team. And, you know, obviously that's, has a lot to do with the, you know, the pitching strategies, but, um, but yeah, uh, I think it keeps a little things a little bit more interesting where the team's in town for a couple of days instead of just moving all around. It's also probably better for the players, right? Yeah. I think the players are going to love it because they're, they're more rested, you know, they get to play one night and then they can play the same team again the next night, you know, how, as anyone that's ever played a sport, you know, you play any game, I don't care if it's a sport or it's a board game, whatever you play one round and you lose. Sometimes you want to play that same person again or that same team again because you're like, okay, I know how I lost. I want to try to do this again so I can beat them tomorrow. And if, you, if you're only playing that team one time and then you're moving on to another place, you don't get that redemption chance the next day because by the time you play them again, it's two months later and it's, you know everything's changed. I, I like the idea of back-to-back days for basketball because I think, I think the fans are going to like it. I think the players are going to like it. I think it just makes the, the product more interesting. Coming from a person that doesn't watch basketball, by the way. <laughs> um, Full disclosure, I don't watch basketball. It's funny. like I, I just don't watch as many sports as I used to uh, growing up. And I don't know I, I don't know if it's just different interests or not, not as much time or just um, the fact that I'm an athletic trainer and my, my job is to watch high school athletics. Um, <laughs> that got me kind of like just. I don't, I don't, I'm not into it as much anymore. Like I'll still on Sundays, obviously watch, watch a football game. Um, but even then, like, it's not like it used to be, right. I used to sit down and like, like on Sundays, it was like, we're watching football like all day. It was, and this is what I'm doing. Right. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. It was just me getting older or what, but. No, I, I mean, I, we were never a sit down and watch football day family. Personally, we just watched the teams we wanted to watch. Um, but even now I, I, see the same thing it's like well we got things to do it's the weekend do i want to sit, spend my time on sunday sitting and watching games or i want to go out and do stuff you know especially if you got a family it's just it's, it's hard to i i know some people that they do they we're gonna sit down we're gonna watch football all day i'm like i just don't i don't get that because personally i'm well, just like i, I want to go outside and do things if you put money on it though maybe you'd be more inclined to uh sometimes though i'd rather not <laughs> sometimes i'm like i, I just want to like i'll put the money down i'm gonna come back later when it's over because i'm sitting here watching it's gonna be more nerve-wracking it's like i find that with fantasy football a lot um if, especially if there's like a, a monday night game where i have a player going and i need a certain amount of points out of that player i'm like i don't even want to watch it i just i will yeah. i will check my fantasy football stats after after 11 o'clock and see, right. see where i'm at because you watching it's not going to change any outcome at that point um yeah unless unless you're superstitious enough to think that it's just gonna <laughs> i only feel that way with my actual team that i root for fair enough you know is it fantasy football versus loyalty to a team i feel like that's different in my mind i don't know why but yeah well i'm a, I'm a i've been a lifelong 49er fan and i always feel like they always play better when i'm not watching so <laughs> which is How... maybe why they haven't won a super bowl since i was um 14 15 years old how does it feel to be a fan of a team you can't watch so they win? <laughs> it's nice. It's no pressure, right? But you never get to watch it. I never. I don't get to watch them that often anyway because they're on the West Coast and oh. I'm not paying for the package to, to you know, just to watch my football team. So that's another story. Yeah. Well, Brett, I want to thank thank you for coming on this morning and 
talking yeah, about sports betting, you know, and, and people, like I said, there's only certain places you can go bet legally in the yes, States. Yes, full disclosure, please don't sue us. Um, you know, uh, look yeah, up your local caught, laws. If you get caught gambling. Please, please do not go out and buy a VPN service to spoof your location to bet in certain areas. We're not endorsing that at all. Definitely don't do that. Uh, VPN service. Only um, in my, only yeah. in Minecraft. <laughs> or, or for uh, MLB TV. I used to do that. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, Brett. I hope you enjoyed your time. Hey, that was fun, guys. All right, we're back on Generation Zennial. Thanks for Brett for joining us today, talking about some sports, sports betting, and gambling and definitely don't get a vpn service to spoof your location and do definitely not. Betting. Uh, I, don't, in, I don't i don't know minecraft all. only in minecraft people minecraft i i, I try to play minecraft i just never get into it took too much time yeah i haven't really gotten into any uh i enjoyed it it wasn't that i didn't enjoy it just i i realized that it was a, a because it's an open world it just took time to play and like there was no you know, direction. Like when I play a game nowadays, I need just a storyline to follow and you just guide me through it. You know, that's, that's a, that's a great point you brought up. Cause, um, breath of the wild. I'm a big legend of Zelda fan. I've oh, always liked the legend I actually of Zelda really. games. And I, I got breath of the wild for the switch a couple of years ago and I just could not get into it. Really? That I got into. I just couldn't. I don't know what it was about it. It was just I, you know, I, I just didn't. It didn't feel like a Legend of Zelda game to me. It felt like a a a, a watered down Skyrim, for some reason. Yeah, or or like an Assassin's Creed, like the yeah. new one. Because before before Breath of the Wild, I played um the Assassin's Creed. Uh, which what's the 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 Spartan one? I can't think of. Yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't really know. The, any the one before the current one. I can't think of which Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's a very big open world, like very big open world, like different islands. Like it's because it takes place in the Mediterranean, so you actually sail between the different islands, and it's huge. Uh, the big, the big criticism of that one was that you, you, if you just follow the storyline, eventually you get to a point where you have to go and do side quests just to level up to do the thing that you're on. Well, yeah, that's a common theme, isn't it, in, in these games? Because um... But apparently that's how, they that's fixed how you that. Pad, that's how you pad. That's how you pad out the game, kind of right. You're, I guess. I mean, so I'm playing. I'm playing Witcher three right now, which is the same concept, but it's the Witcher storyline, which I got into by watching the Netflix series. Um, so yeah, you got a lot of side quests, but it's it's got that Witcher motif, which is just funny. <laughs> I don't know. I just I like Geralt. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, whatever. Okay, fuck you. <laughs> Just the, yeah. the whole persona of Garrett is always amusing to me. So, yeah. Um, Age of Calamity came, comes out today. Um, yeah. Oh, it does, uh, doesn't it? Well, yes. I'm thinking about running out and getting that today. So, see, I want to I want to finish The Witcher first. Like, keep me busy this weekend. I feel like I just gotta play one game at a time. That's fair. You know, with little side games here and there, like small stuff. Like I was, I just downloaded Among Us on my phone. I've been playing that. Yeah, I. Oh, it's like it's one of those things that I I have. I don't know why I don't get into these like, like um, popular like these games. These, I don't I want to call them flash in the pan games, but it feels like these games just come out and they're like immensely popular and then they go away. Like Fall Guys was like that. Um, everyone was playing Fall Guys like a month ago, and now I don't hear anything about it. Well, Among Us, you know, I was actually talking to one of my students because it came out in like 2018. Yeah, it's not. A, yeah, it's not a brand new oh. game. It's just finding popularity. 
Yeah, well, it's a people are bored now. Um, that has a lot to do with it. They got the phone version now. They don't have a Mac version, which I'm kind of upset about. Because um, uh-huh. you, you can get it on Steam for the PC, but you can't get it for the Mac. Which I'm like, why can't you guys just make every game cross-platform? Oh. Huh. Um, I, I, I only got it. The only reason why I downloaded it, because like I've seen it here and there. I didn't really know what it was about. But I was watching um, Being the Elite on YouTube this week. And one of their skits on Being the Elite was they were live role action role playing among us <laughs> they're, they're clever guys huh? they're like they're like like hey are we in that game right now they, they didn't say it and then they they all got up and they started like acting like they're doing a task kind of thing and like one guy was going on step 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 yeah I, they're 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 a bunch of clever guys they're they're, they're funny I like so them. so you know so that that's i was like oh let me go find this game and download it and I, you know it's it's fun because you, you can play like one round and feel like you had a good time and then do something else with your life. Like I played an around earlier this morning. It was like, okay, I'm done. Let's go around. I won. I was the uh, imposter. Awesome. I was on See, the I don't, I, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I really don't know anything about the game at, at all other than the, I've, I've well, seen I'm, it and the characters and, AO, and AOC played it on Twitch. Well, honestly, if you ever like, if you ever like one of those like uh, team building exercises where you played mafia, you like all in those like, two assassins with those two people that are part of the mafia and everyone closes your eyes and like you get tapped on the head and you're dead kind of thing. And then you, everyone votes on who was the per that was the person. It's the same exact concept. So someone made a video game out of it and you're, you're going around. If you're part of the crew on like the spaceship one, you're going around trying to fix parts of the spaceship. So if you complete all your tasks, if everyone completes all the tasks, the crew wins. And then they're based on how they set up. You can have one to three imposters based on the settings. And the imposter wins if they either kill all the crew. Uh, basically, you kill all the crew. Oh, okay. If you kill all the crew, <laughs> you win without getting caught. Because every time someone, you know, you kill someone, and then when the body gets found, there's a report, and then everyone vote, and then there's a discussion, and then they, there's a vote. And then if you get voted off, someone's sus. And I then, yeah, I know, the sus. I know the memes. I, I follow. I follow the memes online. <laughs> I don't know much about the game, but I know. I know all the memes. I feel like I'm mansplaining right now how you play Among Us. <laughs> <laughs> well unfortunately we don't have any females here to tell us how to play among us yeah we so need we need, I need a need female explain can someone can someone woman explain things to me so so let's get back to some serious topics because we, we had some fun from fun early which is great um but the world's still on fire the world is so we on need, fire we need to talk about that you know I, we were talking about twitter earlier i saw on Facebook, I saw a meme and it was like, you know, you know, the box, it's like this content is, has uh, been found to be false kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, and behind, behind the, the grayed out thing, it said, it's going to get better soon. <laughs> this content is false. Um, and yeah, because when is it going to get better? You know, we, we've talked about the past couple of weeks about Trump conceding the election. And obviously that's not going to happen how I want to see it just because I want to see him be a human being for, you know, a little bit, but obviously that's not something that it looks like we're going in the right direction. Um, he's still uh, disputing Michigan. He's still, that's, that seems to be his focus right now. Yeah. So what, what, what it's like Michigan, it's, it is killing me because today now he's invited legislators to the white house yes. from Michigan. Yes. He's invited this to two, um, two state legislators from, from Michigan to the white house to, I don't know what, um, but yeah, I mean, this all started with the two um, canvassers um, voting to not um, certify the election in 
Wayne County, which is obviously the, um, the, the, uh, the county that Detroit is in. It's a very populated county, which uh, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly voted for Joe Biden. Yep. Um, and so, then after a very heated town hall yeah, so, and then, discussion and then on Zoom. A couple hours later, they, they agreed that if they audit the election, that they will certify the election. They certified the election. And then and, Trump and, called them. And then Trump called one of them. And then all of a sudden they want to rescind their election, claiming that they were coerced into um, certifying but, the election. But I feel like they're being coerced to rescind their, the, their certification. Because if someone calls you and you change your mind, isn't that being coerced? Well, especially when the, you know, the, the president of the United States um, calls, calls you. And, and think about what that could do for your, I don't know, if these people have you know, political career political aspirations, but then I mean, think about what that does for you. If the, if the president of the United States gives you a call and says, Hey, you know, especially this president, because I got, those, I got those that followed this president, as we've seen, if you're on one side, you get all his love and support. If well, nobody's you, safe, right? That's the thing. Nobody's safe with president. As Trump, soon as um, you disagree with him, you, gone. you could been on his great side. You could be, he could be singing your praises for years. As soon as you go against him or you do something bad, he doesn't know who you are. You're the worst person in the world, and, and you're out. The, the the our head of secure, you know, the person in, in the federal government who is in charge of the national security of our elections said that they were great, and he got fired. Yes, and, and he even said was, on Twitter, "I'll probably get fired for this." Yeah, like he knew the, he knew he was going to get fired. I think that was the day after our last podcast, wasn't it? It was on, it wasn't that last Saturday when? Yeah, it was exactly. It was on Saturday. I was like, it's just cleaning house now. Yeah, and um, you know, as a as a, as a lay person who is not never really been in politics, right? I've never I've never worked in the Defense Department for sure. Nope. Like, what is what you know? What are the ramifications of these of this? What is the ramifications of? Um, well, right now there's no one not cooperating with Joe Biden. That that seems kind of scary to me. Um, the fact that he's seems to be ramping up tensions in the Middle East is concerning to me. He's he's his language seems to be back on Iran. So don't um, forget, he also got rid of the per, the head of the Department of Homeland Security, fired him. So now uh, I was just hearing uh, the other day that basically because not only did he get rid of the head, right? There's only a third of the actual spots that are filled are that should be filled are filled. Like they never filled all the well, spots yeah, that's, within the that's department. That's been an issue the entire the entire term. Um, yeah, his entire presidency. So now though, there's a there's actually a leadership vacuum. Like they're not legally they're not sure who legally is in charge of the Department of Homeland Security because he fired the head and they don't have an actual uh, because all the spots aren't filled they don't legally know who's in charge. So if something were to happen and you went to court to figure out if this person like had the right to do what they did, they don't know. Right. And our, and our enemies know this, right? It's not, it's, you know, it's not a secret. So right. what is, you know, how, how does that, how does that affect this? I, I, I think right now what concerns me the most is him ramping up tensions in the middle East Oh God. Um, because he's an outgoing president. And I'm afraid that what's going to happen is that we're going to see something like a terrorist attack or, you know, or, early, or early, a war is going to break out something, you know, or, or, or another war. But, but what's, what's, what's going to happen? This is going to this is going to fall in Joe Biden's lap, and it's right. going to make Joe Biden look like a weak president if all of a sudden um, there's there's um, a flare up and you know a terrorist. like if there's a terrorist attack in the United States when Joe Biden's president, it's going to it's not going to be a good look. And I and if Trump is doing this 
um, for those reasons, that's that's scary, right? If because right. I, I for one minute, like I can't believe that Donald Trump cares about Americans in general. Right? He doesn't care about anybody but himself and his family. Right. If you right, if you suck up to Donald Trump, he'll he'll be for you. I I can't believe for one second, especially with obviously the way he handled the coronavirus, that he cares about American lives. So any if if American lives are caused to benefit him, that's that's not something he's going to worry about. Whereas I think even even the um, the you know even like a George W. Bush who <laughs> obviously I didn't like politically I would never think that he would cost he Americans their lives just for his own personal gain right no he he, he wouldn't would he, like as much as you right. want to say about George W. Bush who was an awful president and did did terrible things or probably even, committed even, war crimes you know yeah I mean, even even Obama right like Obama. Uh, foreign policy wise and war wise wasn't you know wasn't super super to the left where a lot of us progressives are um but even he i think you know wouldn't sacrifice americans lives just for his own personal gain right? right i agree with that i mean um and, and you look at what what's happening right now okay for you're firing federal agency employees that are supposed that their jobs are apolitical like it, they serve through multiple administrations these are not political appointees that are for a politician. Um, he's wants to sell arms to allies in the Middle East. Why would you be doing that now? We don't want to ramp up tensions. That's what he's going to do. Opening up uh, land in the in the Alaskan area for oil drilling. So we're going to open up uh, protected lands in our um, in our area in Alaska to oil drilling, which has been protected for decades now. Um, so he's basically the metaphor when oil, I like to when use oil, when oil, when oil production should be on the decline right now. Right. Right. It's we like should be moving to alternate energy. He's just trying to use less oil. oil, but he wants to ramp up, um, yeah, oil production, which is, doesn't, it seems kind of counter counterintuitive. Doesn't so, it? so he's basically what I, my metaphor is like, he's taking a gas can and he's just pouring gas out everywhere. Everything's getting gas on it. And in the last day he's going to light a match and just drop it down. And, and shit's going to go wrong. And like you said, you know, not only are we talking about political unrest around the world because of what he's doing and, and we're not getting the transition going on, but even with um, a vaccine. So we, we have great news. We have great news. Like, this is good news. We have two uh, vaccine candidates that today, as we speak on Friday, what the, what's the day? Uh, uh, November 20th, that they're applying for um the emergency use authorization from the um, FDA to be used. And they're both 95% uh, effective, which is great. That is great news. The bad news is that the federal government is not taking the lead in planning distribution. They, they had left it up to states to come up with their own plan. They're not currently funding anything. The one thing that the federal government currently is funding, they're giving almost 600 million to a company in Connecticut to develop this um, all-in-one vial syringe type thing to in order to give out the doses. But the damage is that because the transition process hasn't happened, the Biden, can't, the Biden um, uh, organization cannot see, it doesn't know the plans, doesn't have access to them. So that way, when the, when the transition of power happens, they're going to be working from behind 
the eight ball. They're going to be, as Biden said, they're, they're going to start, they're gonna have to start from scratch instead of being able to piggyback on what's, what's right. going on. And that's not, that's not the way things should happen. Um, a lot, yeah, a lot of it too is the, the private privatization. It's such a hard privatization, privatization. Um, of healthy vaccine distribution. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, Cuomo's come out and, you know, that was one of the issues that Trump had with Cuomo is that Cuomo was coming out and saying, listen, we can't just leave this up to private companies because private companies aren't going to um, be able to effectively um, distribute the vaccine to, you know, lower income communities. And that's right. Exactly. Where, that's, that, and who's being hurt the worst right now is lower income communities by this, by this virus. So I was exactly, not, I was going to say the same thing. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, because the, the people that are going to be disenfranchised are the people that don't have the access now to healthcare. So if you don't have a federal agency organizing, it's getting every citizen, you know, we're not going to, those people are still going to be disenfranchised and it's going to hurt the poor communities right. that don't have a CVS on every corner. Just another reason why I'm in favor for um, single payer healthcare, Medicare for all system. It, it seems like a, a no brainer to me, but you know, there's a lot of opposition to it for various reasons that we could exhaust. Uh, I don't think we have time to talk about this. Week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm more, you know, so with the, with the vaccine, it's great news that's coming. You know, we could have doses, millions of doses ready by December to start giving to healthcare workers and high-risk people. The vast majority of Americans aren't going to be getting a dose until almost April, probably, because it takes time to make these vaccines, even with approval. You know, um, I heard great stories early on about this. You know, all these places have been building factories already in anticipation of making their vaccines so that the infrastructure there is there. It just takes time to make a vaccine. Like it's a physical, you know, it's not like, Oh, poof, here's a vaccine. You know, it take, uh, takes however many time. Yeah, it's hours. not a movie, right? It's not people aren't going to just show up to a lab and just all, oh, of a there's a vaccine. all this mass, all this mass produced vaccine for the entire country. Not only that, but this vaccine, these, these vaccines that they're currently in production um, have to be kept at extremely cold temperatures. So you're talking about um, how to dist- uh, how to transport them, how to store them, it's a big logistical um, nightmare, not nightmare, but it, it's, it's it all possible, but you need someone that's going to take charge and we should not have 50 different solutions for 50 different States plus territories. You know, this should be a nationwide, we're going to send out these to population centers and we're going to do a distribution. We're going to have a database to know who's gotten it when they need their second shot, um, and get that and who's at high risk, who's at second risk, who, you know, where's the tier system going in because we do need to start with our frontline healthcare workers, our uh, elderly population and and high risk population. Then our, then our essential workers, you know, let's get our people that are risking our lives to keep food on the shelves for us because they have to go to work every day, the bus drivers, things like that, that the people that, who, whose job can't stop because of, of a virus because then everything else stops. Right. So let's get that them. And then, then it goes to teachers. And then, you know, at the end of the day, we go to our regular everyday citizen. And I think Fauci said we need to like have 70% of the population vaccinated in order for herd immunity to really kick in. So yeah, yeah. You need go um, get vaccinated people go get vaccinated. Yeah. And that goes, you know, that goes for, for all the vaccinations too, not just this COVID-19 yeah, yes. get, get vaccinated out there because, um, anti-vaxxers, these, I got, I got words are, for you. Diseases are preventable. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. You know why you don't have polio? Cause it's a vaccine. Cause there's a vaccine for it. Right. Have, have you had the measles? Have yeah. You? No, I haven't. My dad did. 
He said it sucked. I don't know. Yeah, I my dad didn't have me. Sorry. My dad had scarlet fever when he was a kid. Oh. Okay. And, and he has partial hearing loss because of it. See? And guess what? Now we, now we don't have that anymore. But it kept him out of Vietnam. So there's positives. <laughs> so there's a positive. He didn't go because <laughs> they, they would not take him because he had partial hearing loss in one ear. Huh. I was I thought I would have thought they would take anybody to go to Vietnam. But so speaking of Vietnam, though, that's a that's a fact that's been a stat that's been thrown around this week is that we've now had more COVID deaths than soldiers that died during the 11 year Vietnam conflict. Yeah, that's think um, about that. Well, we just hit um, a quarter six million. Months, we just hit a quarter million. Months. We just hit a quarter million deaths total. Um, yeah. So in eight months, more people have died from COVID nineteen in America than. Soldiers died from America in the Vietnam conflict over 11 years. Wow, that's that's crazy to think about. And and the the real sad part is a lot of them would have been preventable if people would just wear a, a mask. I was going to use an expletive, but I decided not to. Just wear a mask, just honestly. Wear a mask. Just wear a mask. It's not. It's. It helps. It helps. There's so- been a lot of there's been a lot of misinformation out there, right? And that's oh that's. My God. That's the problem. There's just so much misinformation. And actually that brings me to a little topic I want, I want to speak about is um, conspiracy theories in general, right? Because there's a lot of information going on right now about, about a lot of things, right? We've, we talk about all the time how the, how the internet's a great thing because people are able to communicate um, more efficiently. People are finding out things about mm-hmm. the world that they never knew about, which is, which is amazing. But there's also a lot of banned information out there. And, and how easy it is to get fooled by that bad information because I'm going to admit something right now that I was, I was wrong about. Oh, what were you wrong about? Do you know the controversy between um, the Lion King about the, let's just start with that. Have you, have you, have you heard the, con- have you heard controversy about the Lion King and how it was, it ripped off a Japanese manga from the I 60s. thought it ripped off a, an African movie. Was it a Japanese manga? It was a Japanese manga called Kimba the, the White Lion. And yes. I'm watching a video this week done by yourmoviesucks.org. Um, great YouTube channel. Check it out if you get a chance. No, your um, movie sucks. He doesn't. He, do, he doesn't need. He doesn't need my my plug because you know he has millions of viewers. <laughs> but we'll get there one day. Someday. But um, apparently that's all. That's all BS. Really? Yeah. Apparently that that this 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 thing has been propagated. For so long and it's been on the internet for years and it's been it's been actually you know there's been done ted talks about it uh, you know uh, there's been a lawyer that wrote a book about um and, and referenced it and she did a ted talk about it and apparently it's kind of bs and you know he runs down there's like a two and a half hour video on on why it's bs i'm about halfway through it now um but there's things but there's and, and this gets to my point about conspiracy theories because the, you know, you look at it on a, on, on a base, right? On a, on a, on a base, on a base level. And you think, all right, that's something Disney would definitely do. Right. Disney is just huge. Evil it's corporation. Well, it's also, why, would, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they rip off some, some Japanese manga to, to make, to make a profit? Not only um, that, but if you look at the history of, you know, early uh, cinematic cartoon movies from Disney, Cinderella, Snow White, all these movies are based on well, they're based on all their stories. Tests, right? They're, they're based right. off. Uh, so they're all based, that's, that's public nothing's domain. original, is what I'm saying. But, like, yeah, none, not, none of that stuff is ever, original. And that's a, and, that, and that's a, that's a point that the video brings up. Number one, nothing's original, right? There's no, there's no. You can tie back any story you watch today 
to, to, to stories in the past, right? There's no real original stories. Well, uh, there's a great um, video series called Everything is a Remix that I used to show in class that talks about this, where they, you know, talking about um, one of the supercuts you show is like Star Wars. So it's like showing shots from Star Wars, the first episode four, and the movies that he stole the shots from. Oh, the Curtis Howard films. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but also the, the John Wayne films. You know, the, like the the searchers when he goes back and sees that his aunt and uncle were killed by the stormtroopers, and he he does. You know, you have the 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 house burning, and he drops his head, and they cut and side by side with a shot of John Wayne doing the same exact thing at the same beat in front of another burning building. Well, it's great you brought that up because this is part of the, part of the video, and a lot of the videos that were claiming that um, Lion King was a ripoff of this um, Kimba the White Lion manga, which uh, was called Leo in Japan as well. Um, was one of the proofs was that they took shots from the, the cartoon and the Lion King movie and, you know, put them side by side. And there's a lot of shots that look similar, but what people didn't really admit was that that movie that they were showing the shots that looked similar to was a movie made after the Lion King <laughs> about, about this property. Right. So, Oh my God. So, so I'm going to admit I've, I watched that video. Yeah. <laughs> I know, sure. I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause I, cause you know, back um, in the past two years, my kid got really into Lion King. We've you know, both movies. And so like I do the same, the, you know, when you're watching Lion King for the 10th time in a week, you do whatever adult would do, go on Google and start looking at the history of it. And I, I found these things that you're exactly talking about of, you know, oh, it's actually this other, you know, based on this film, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I thought know. it was really intriguing. <laughs> I think yeah, it was, no, I think he made it into the Wikipedia article. Yeah, it might even be like, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just, but this is my, my thing about conspiracy theories, right? Because it's, 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 it seems plausible, number one, right? right? Disney mm-hmm. would do, Disney would do something, this is something Disney would do. Yeah, why wouldn't I think that? Why wouldn't Disney do that? Um, it's not something I care to look into that much. Right. So if you get this base information where, and, and they show you a little bit of proof. Because if it's I'm not, tr- I'm not going to research where, like, where, <laughs> where they came out. Because well, you're just going to believe, not, like, oh, okay, why not? Gonna, this like, makes sense to me. It's also not going to affect proof. your life. Right. Like, and even if it does affect my life, how, how interested are people in, in, in certain things, right? And, and this, is, this gets to my point. Um, you know, how much is somebody going to research something? Um, whether or not how much it affects their life, how much is somebody going to look into something? So if I was, did my due diligence and looked at these clips and like went back and see, see where they got the clips from, then I could realize, oh, wait, this movie came out after The Lion King and they were probably actually ripping off The Lion King because mm-hmm. they wanted to capitalize on The Lion King's success, knowing that they had this property. So they right. could use that. And another part was, um, like you said, with, um, you know, Star Wars and, and, and his influences, this, this manga had like 3000 hours of like episodes and movies and, 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 you know, comics. And to take a two hour movie of like the Lion King and compare it to, to 3000 hours of material, there's going to be overlap. Oh Yeah. Right. And also, too, how, many, how many stories could you, can you tell? Right. Um, if there's, there's all these episodes and none of the episodes barely had anything to do with the actual Lion King story. And, you know, they used, they used examples like, well, there's a there's a lion and there, there, there's a there's a baboon and there's a bird even character. And 
Oh, and so, or, and so there's a chose, warthog character. But so these, char- these characters are not analogous whatsoever if you look into it. No. But on, on the surface, you're going to say, oh my God, they just ripped off, the, they just took the characters and just put them into. No. Well, but- you're right. So that's what that, that you're right about the, the thing with ex- conspiracy theories is because, first, it's going to take something that you may or may not be particularly interested about, but it's going to make a plausible case that you'd be like, well, that makes sense. You know, in, in your world, that would make sense that that could happen. Right. So you're not going to question it. So even you know, let's let's talk about fringe conspiracies on the other side of of the aisle. Where right. They, so let's, let's compare this to run, the election. You know, you know, they, oh yeah, they think uh, that the Democrats are stealing the election. It because makes sense to them. It makes sense to them because in their head, Trump is right. He can't. He doesn't tell lies. He he does what's right for them, and so because of that, uh, they believe everything he says. Right. And if he if he says that mail-in ballots are fraudulent. They believe it, and they believe that you shouldn't count those ballots because they're not correct. Right. I mean, because, like I said, because on, they, on the surface, because, would a politician cheat to steal an election? On the surface, that's that that how we, you can't debate that, right? Would a politician steal an election if if given the opportunity? Probably. <laughs> right. Probably. I mean, they, they're going to do everything they can, short of doing well. Some of them do illegal acts, right? Of, and that's the thing, know. and that and that, and, that, and so so you start to see the doubt. So now, so right now, all, all of a sudden, you're going, okay, well, that's that's why he's been starting to see a doubt for months. He's been right. talking about not accepting the results of the election unless he wins. He's been talking about mail-in ballots being fraudulent. You know, all this stuff. He's this. They've been sowing the seeds for four, five, two years. Even it was going to go months. He's been doing it for a long time. Right. So. Um, so this, the base idea is already there, and now you just have to basically like say the trigger word, and then everyone goes. Right, and that, that comes to that comes to evidence, right? So now you need evidence. Is is there real evidence that that Biden stole the election? No. Is there bits and pieces of evidence that you can put into a narrative that yes. kind of makes you think Biden stole the election? Hundred percent. Yes. Oh, we're gonna have we're gonna have our own observers show up and claim that they can't get in. So it's true that these observers can't get in, even though they're not the observers that were supposed to go in because they already right. have observers but, in there. So they leave, uh, out, they leave out the full story and tell the story that they want to tell. And then the person listening goes, oh, that makes sense. Exactly, exactly the same thing with these videos, right? You take a video from 1997 and claim it was ripping off a movie from 1994 somehow or the yeah. other way around. But <laughs> or the, the 1994 movie somehow ripped off this movie that got, that got made. In 97 three hours later or it actually was produced the year like started production the year the lion king came out there actually is a huge uh, japanese market by the way of ripping off um you know making like knockoffs of popular hollywood movies oh i think that's yeah that's internationally right yeah. like that happens all the time. oh yeah like india has it too you know yeah like the avengers and things like that but um, but that's that, but that that was that was my point because it was like I, so easy. I I was I was mistaken because yeah I because on the surface and it's not you know it's not something I'm going to research, right? I'm not going to sit there and, and dig through hours and hours of Kimba the White Lion footage <laughs> to find uh to, to to find out what it's about or you know if if they ripped off um if they actually ripped off Lion King or not. But yeah, the, the characters are totally different. Um, the stories are totally different. They don't sing. Um, the closest thing it comes to it, there's no. It's not a musical. The you know the closest thing it comes to it is like they both have dead fathers, but oh so so let me but the father but the, but the father was dead before the series even started right it starts off with the lion becoming like this king of the jungle as a kid. I was like, how many how many storylines can I go through where the father is dead? Well, that's the thing. I mean, um, 
Batman. Lion King is Lion King is basically <laughs> Hamlet, right? Yeah. There's a lot of parallels between Lion King and Hamlet. So yeah, you're so, right. Yeah, I just I more just it's more it's more a ripoff of Shakespeare than anything else. Right, and you know that's that's one of the that's one of the memes too, right? Is there's every story's either in uh, done Bible or Shakespeare's or done every story. Well, I think it's uh, I think there's only five stories that you can ever tell. Like there's only five different yeah. versions. Like there's only five true stories. Like the love story. The this. You know, I forget what they are, but it's like there's only five different stories. It's how you tell that story is different. You know, you, you put a different setting. You know, different characters, different place. It's a different story, but it's still the same base story throughout time. Yeah. So I I was watching that video and it just, it kind of just struck me where it's how it's, easy how, how it's a parallel and how it's so easy to get to con- to convince somebody. And it's not like I was basing my life. And here's the issue. So it wasn't like I was basing my life decisions whether or not The Lion King was a ripoff <laughs> of Kim of the White Lion or not. But but, but no, how, but brings an understanding of how people that we think are crazy, how they can get pulled into a conspiracy theory very easily. Because anybody, we're all looking for an explanation of something. Yeah. You know, we we want to know why a thing works or why a thing is what it is. And as soon as we're given a reason that makes sense to us, we accept it. Yeah. Because you know, and why, and almost why almost it's almost like why wouldn't you? Because right, I, this is something I think about. This is this is the evidence that I agree with. So yeah, that makes sense to me. And especially but, yeah. if it especially if it reinforces your life beliefs, anyways. Oh, you know, 100%. If if you already believe, well, there's that cognitive dissonance dissonance idea. Right. right. Well, if you already believe Hillary Clinton is evil, it's not a big step for you to think that she's part part of a pedophilic ring or now back of a pizza shop. Right. You already think she's a horrible person anyway, so it and just makes sense to you. And all you need is that little bit of evidence. Right. That whether or not it's even true evidence. All you need is that yeah. little bit of evidence. To push oh, I saw it on the web. That someone wrote an article about it, so it's true. And it, well, that's the thing too. And when it gets it, when it gets compounded like that, and it's, this is you can say the same thing for this Lion King Kimba um, situation, where it gets compounded. Where if you go on if you go on YouTube or or or, or Google it, you'll find you'll probably find plenty of articles backing up this this assertion mm-hmm. that that it was that the lion king ripped off and and it didn't help either that um the the writer of the manga passed away in like 1989 which was and then the lion king started oh in the same so the original writer passed away before it happened so it, it looks like well yeah. he's dead already clearly you can't oh, keep this, writing this it. guy died let's just well, well he died let's just steal it now like he won't be able to fight us on it right then like but it's all it's it's all it's all it's all bs it's and I just yeah, I just kind of found that analogy kind of like um, fitting for for today's world. So check out that video, yourmoviesucks.org. Um, I feel like you're insulting me every time you say it. Not your. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, it's it, it's a pretty cool uh, YouTube channel too. Yeah, it's cool. I lo- you know I, I love I, I do love channels that rip apart movies and things like that. There's another great YouTube series out there about movies. Um, it's called Every Frame of Painting. He doesn't do him anymore, but he's the guy who runs it is a film editor. And what he does is he basically t- kind of teaches a film class with it where he goes through and he talks about like different genres or different people and different directors and why they're great. Um, and they're short 10 minute videos, every frame of painting on YouTube. Uh, definitely a great watch. We should just do an episode where we just talk about YouTube channels. We like, yeah, okay. I, I could do that. We could, yeah, <laughs> we could just plug youtube channels that have millions of subscribers and, and we'll link we'll link to them in the description and then that way we get a link back right hopefully is that how it works so um i, I do want to we're you know we're running starting to run long i know your wife's gonna have to teach soon so 
I, I don't want to take up all the bandwidth, but I want to end on a po- another positive note thinking about the vaccine. Cause I don't know if you saw this news and it, it just, it did warm my heart to know that we are thankful for the vaccine because of Dolly Parton. Yes. I've seen you this. did see that. So, so, this. so for people that didn't see this Dolly Parton, uh, first of all, the, and the NPR ran a great story about it yesterday, actually, because she developed a relationship with this surgeon when she had a, a car accident several years ago. So back home, she had a car accident, the surgeon, you know, took care of her, but then they became friendly. They, they became friends, whatever. And now when this happened, went back in April, she, when, when the virus first started in March and April, she donated $1 million to research. And the money she donated directly goes to the Moderna vaccine that we're getting. Yes. So she directly funded, so we can directly thank Dolly Parton, the best American. <laughs> can, can we all just agree Dolly Parton is the best American? Mm, it was a good running, but uh, Dolly Parton's up there. Dolly Parton wins the week. How about that? Yeah, Dolly Parton definitely wins the week. She she has put her money where her you know mouth is, so to speak. Go listen to 9 to 5. I mean, and it, you know, I was talk, talking to my wife about this. Yeah, you, know, you got Jeff Bezos out there. What's he doing? He's making money. He's not giving money away. What's the, Tim Cook? You know, Jeff Bezos, Mark could, Zuckerberg. Jeff Bezos could could send every American to college and house them right now, and still and, have money, and still and have still money, have money. and still have more money than anybody else. Right. Uh, you know, he could pay his workers a living wage. Just saying. Yeah. Well, that's. Oh my God. Maybe next week. Here, put this on the list. <laughs> Um, because Bernie Sanders came out with that list, um, a few days ago about, um, all the companies that basically don't pay their workers a living wage. Oh, I didn't see that list. Yeah. He he put out a list of like, uh, um, you know, the Walmarts, the McDonald's, the Burger Kings, the Wendy's, the the Taco Bells, the the Subway, Subway Subway was on there too, actually. They protested at the headquarters yesterday. Good. Down the street from me. I didn't see it. I I ran it afterwards. Burn it down in Minecraft. Um, <laughs> um, no violence unless it's in Minecraft. Um, violence in Minecraft. Only violence. Um, but yeah. Uh, so basically, what they were talking about, and you know, this is this is a big issue, obviously, for progressives, is that these corporations that that basically just pay their workers so little that the the workers also need government assistance for housing and right. and, and and food. And why, why, why are the American people subsidizing basically their labor? Me- meanwhile, the, uh, the people at the top are making billions of dollars, billions, billions. billions of dollars. Like no one needs billions of dollars. I just want to say that no one, no one, right. no one needs billions of dollars. So speaking of billions of dollars and Bezos, I want to promote a website here. Uh, that's not Amazon, even though I do, I, I mean, it's unfortunate that I can't get around not using Amazon once we in a while. In a, we live in a society. It's, it's sad. But if, if you're looking to buy books, especially it's holiday season, you're going to buy books for your, your loved ones or whatnot. Bookshop.org. It's bookshop.org. What they do is it's an online store, but the proceeds go to local bookstores in your area. So you, it's a way to support your local bookstores while shopping online. So bookshop.org. It's where I'm going to be buying some books uh, today, actually. Uh, it does, like I said, it, it supports local bookshops, not Amazon. They don't need more support. I mean, the employers, the employees do, but honestly, you buying more from Amazon does is not going to help the Amazon worker. In fact, 
buy less from Amazon this holiday season because all that's going to happen to the Amazon workers, they're going to have to do more each hour and get paid exactly the same. Exactly. And they're going to get injured. The, the, the amount of injuries in Amazon warehouses is insane. The, the fact that they don't get bathroom breaks on a regular basis like they should, uh, they're constantly moving. It is... The, well, they're constantly the, monitored. Like, I, I mean, imagine right. being at a job where you literally have to wear a tag that, that tells your employer where you are at all times. And if you're not moving or if you're how moving, productive, how productive you're being. Like I, I saw, I saw a meme the other day. It was a, it was, it was an office, um, like bunch of cubicles with basically on the, on the ceiling was, it was a gun <laughs> and it was like <laughs> employee number four, seven, two. <laughs> I've noticed you have not been working for, for 3.47 seconds. Get back to work immediately. Oh, geez. That's basically what it's like to work on Amazon. Right. That or, might be the thing. You know, that's, that's, that's the, that's the future if we're not careful. Right. It's just, um, I mean, I, 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 I really enjoy the, you know, I, I listen to certain podcasts, you hear about some offices and some companies where they've kind of gotten rid of uh, vacation time and a work week schedule. Basically it's, you know, this is your project and do by this day. If you want to work 80 hours this week or 10 hours this week, that's up to you. And the only thing that's going to really determine whether you stay or not is the fact that if you, if your work is done. So if you're working on a project, you got to work extra hours that week, you do it. If you want to take a day off and go skiing or whatever, do it, it you know, and that way, and there's no, and, and no, it's all also a lot of these companies salary is transparent. So everyone knows what everyone makes. Yeah. Um, which is, which is a big thing. I don't think a lot of people do realize um, that's one of the ways that employers hold you back is by um, making your salary, um, something that you need Ooh, to we don't talk yourself. about it. we don't talk about um that was something in my old job that i had a really big issue with um i got i got two raises in 10 years and they weren't very big raises mm. but with the letter that you got the raise with they would say you know not everyone gets a raise so keep this to yourself and that pissed me off yeah because they don't want they don't want you going around telling everyone that you got a raise but someone else didn't grant the raise right because that's going to and this is this is why unions I, i'm a big supporter of unions because in a union you you basically know what everybody makes right mm -hmm. and you basically know what you're expected to make and and that's negotiated with a large group of people so everyone kind of knows where they stand and, and knows where where they're headed as well right because it's right. usually unions have have step programs where you, you get raises based on your longevity and how many years you've been there and whatnot so so you know not only like where everybody's where everybody is you negotiate that which you know creates a bit of fairness right because everyone mm -hmm. has to agree with it for the most part right not every like not everyone's going to agree with it obviously but you have a majority of your union that that supports, you, that you supports vote it. it's democratic right it's it's more democratic and like we said anytime anything is more democratic it seems to work out better for the people right i mean you know speaking like teachers unions you know if you're a public educator I can go to any town website in the state of Connecticut and I can find the pay grid for teachers where it shows you the starting salary based on years of experience versus education level. So whether you have your undergraduate, your master's, your second master's, your, your yeah, in fifth New York, year, I can literally, in New York, I can literally Google any educator's name and find out what their salary is. Right. Which there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I think we need more transparency in that workplaces. I think, people will be, it'll be more fair. 
I think some, you know, like you said, because especially we don't have unions, you, I might get outraged to find out how little some people get for knowing the work that they do. You know, like administrative assistants. I know administrative assistants probably do not get paid what they should be getting paid in some places. Oh, 100%. Because the work that administrative assistants do, um, if it's like- It's invaluable. You, you always, you always they say- hold, they, They're the ones usually holding everything together, right? Exactly. They're, it's like the pay, the payroll goes through them, you know? That all everything you buy in the department goes through them. All the paperwork goes through them. They literally are the glue of the department. And if you didn't have that person, the department falls apart. We didn't have one for a little bit. And I had to take on that role for a couple of months. I was like, this is crazy. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Uh, and that was over the summer. So I didn't have to do worry about payroll, but I had to do the money and stuff like that. I'm like, this is not my job. And this is why you need to pay someone good money to do that stuff. Um, it is valuable. And yeah. Well, getting back to product productivity, right? Like you, you look at the numbers and how, how much productivity has is, is risen in the past decades, whatever, you can go back as far as you want. And productivity has been increasing like rapidly and wages are still been stagnant. And, and why is that? Like you look at um, like a great example I like to use is, is the Jetsons, right? Because back when the Jetsons came out, you know, it, the future was you work like two, three hours a day because the predict productivity level was supposed to be the right. Your productivity level was supposed to translate into into your work day, right? And that just stopped happening at some point. Probably, you know, Reagan had a lot to do with that, probably. But that's another story. Um, but that yeah. was that was that was what the future was supposed to look like, right? The future was supposed to be, you know, we we're so much more productive that we only have to work actually work a few hours a day to have the same the comfort level, but what happened was that that productivity went to the owners or the shareholders in some cases, which. Right. And then they yeah, sold this lie hour. to us that you have to work a 40 hour week in order to make a living versus the people at the top are, you know, going golfing and things like that. And they're making billions of dollars to, to fly. Well, the they're, they're, they're sucking, they're sucking the productivity of the worker, right? That, yeah. That's, they're, they're trickling like, up the money. And I, see, I don't like to get into the, like what, you know, CEOs, and stuff like that because i don't i don't i don't i don't know what they do maybe they now, do. now i'm gonna say a see oh, but uh, maybe they and maybe they do enjoy themselves more but now i'm not saying that's, that's, CEOs not, my, don't that's not my issue. It, though. like a, some oh, CEOs yeah, yeah. definitely do. if you find a company if you create a company that is a value to people and and, and you know yes you should make money because you found that company and you talk about the you're know, talking about the owner so much though. yeah the, the owner the ceo whatever you know, well the ceo is like the manager of the team you know they yeah. they still you're still running things. You know, if you're Jack Welch and you brought GE to where it was because you're the CEO, you know, yes, you do deserve to make a good amount of money, but you also have a responsibility to make sure that your all of your employees, all of your employees can make a good wage that they only have to work the one job. Which is why I do, I do support things like caps on CEO salaries as far as like a, a percentage of what your lowest employee uh, lowest paid employee makes and, and uh, you know ideas like that I, I can definitely get behind things like that um but yeah it's it's really it's 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 the owners and 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 the capitalists who kind of suck the productivity um profits away from the workers that that you know kind of radicalizes what, the, the what if we pay ceos that the same way we pay actors for films like through uh um points or residuals you know basically well, a lot get, of them are aren't they a lot of them you, a lot of them get a base salary plus you know? No, no, don't get the plus. Only, I mean, don't get the base. Only get the plus. You know, you only make money. 
See, that's get, tough. That's tough you get, too. You get a small base. You get like your hundred thousand dollar base. Okay. And you get, you know, or your $200,000 base for a C to be a CEO. Plus you get 1% of your company's profits for the year. Well, right. Well, right. And that, well, that would go along with, um, you know, paying, employee, paying, paying your, your top level employees just, uh, you know, can only make a certain percentage more of what your lowest right. employee, which, which is, which, and if you want to put incentives on top of that, that that's, that's fine. Um, for now anyway. Right. And, but we got to keep marching forward and, you know, keep, keep fighting for workers' rights. And yeah, speaking of unions and workers' rights, I saw. Um, oh, I can't think of the wrestler that got released by W. Oh, I can't think of her name now. Vega. No, was it Vega? Yeah, Vega. I was gonna. Okay. Um, and SAG has come forward in supporting Sorry. of being the union representatives, and this is something that Andrew Yang's actually been pushing for. He's mentioned SAG many times in this, for because he's like the the union that already exists now that fits the perfect definition for what a professional wrestler could qualify for a SAG because they're screen, they are actors on TV that screen actors guild would cover that. So, yeah, no, they've been, you know, I mean, they've been, there's a lot of people have been talking about that for years and obviously there's been a lot of pushback. Oh, um, obviously. But I think now that they're the, the world of wrestling has expanded to more, more companies. And now that we have someone like Andrew Yang rising to the level that he's going to be at um, promoting it, well, if Yang, if Andrew Yang, everyone, Andrew, if you're listening, if you want to start a, a wrestling company, call <laughs> he, me. He would find find me. We'll, we'll we can talk. Um, I'd I'd love to start. I would love to start a wrestling a, a wrestling company with Andrew Yang. I think that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Um, give me give me something to do. And uh, AYW. Yeah, you know what? Andrew Yang wrestling. AYW. Whatever he wants. Um, you know. Well, by, but, by but, wrestling yeah, rules, this is, it has this, to be I mean, letters. I mean, allegedly back in the 80s, like that was what got Jesse Ventura kicked out of the WWE was he was he was talking about union rumblings. And and the, and, the, and this is the issue is that with wrestling is that the top guys are usually the ones to, to squash that. Well, right? they've already made it. So why do they? They're, they're the top guys, right? They, they yeah. don't want a union because they in their mind, it's going to hurt them. And, you know. That was always the knock on on Hogan. Um, now there's plenty more knocks on Hogan, so we won't. <laughs> yeah. We can we knock on Hogan all day. We won't give him any more airtime. Um, but but yeah, uh, no, yeah, I, I think that's something that that would be great um, for the wrestling business, um, for the wrestlers, especially um, you know because it's it's a dangerous profession and you need you need protections out there, and you know unions unions are a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So, well, hopefully we get, you know, I could see AEW doing it before WWE. I wish, I, I wish I would say, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I could say that. That's not really that out there. I just don't, I don't see them I, actually doing it. They would. There are they more likely to do it than than Vince? Yeah, probably. Maybe Impact. Yeah. I wonder if Impact would do it. Even, Impact is still a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, Impact's yeah. you know still pretty big. Um, I don't even know who owns Impact to be honest with you right now. Uh, not Billy Corgan anymore. Yeah. They go back to Jeff Jarrett. I don't think so. You're going to Google it. We're going to, we're going to end the show on finding out who now owns impact. I have a picture of myself, my friend and Dixie Carter together holding the championship belt. Anthem media group. Anthem media. So not even a person anymore. Anthem media group. Yeah. I miss the six sided ring. I just want to say that. <laughs> fair enough 
it just made it different. You know, it was, it was like when I first found TNA and they had six sided ring, I was like, okay, this is a different product. They got the smaller guys in there doing more stuff. And I was like, I, I like this. This is fun. It was, a, it was a way to stand out. And then, then, then of course, when the Bischoff and Hogan came in, they got rid of the six sided ring. I was like, you guys, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to WCW this shit. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> They didn't, they didn't have enough money to ever WCW. <laughs> no, but they still tanked it just like WCW. They're like, oh, we're just going to... They basically hired back the old crew of NWO. I mean, Nash, Nash was already there and Sting was already there before Hogan and Bischoff came in. But well, then- what, I'm, what I'm finding with, with wrestling right now is... And this might be just... Not even just wrestling. This might just be across the board in entertainment. Is that, it, it, and maybe it's just my age too. It, nothing, nothing new is is coming out, right? It always seems like whenever they want to attract a bigger audience, they bring back older, like the old. They bring back the nostalgia factor, right? And they bring back the people from when it was the most popular. Well, look, the, this Sunday at SummerSlam, I mean, no, uh, Survivor Series, they're going to do a tribute to the Undertaker, and they're going to bring back a bunch of people. I right, wonder if just, I wonder if ratings are down. Well, you know what too. It also is um, what the, the Undertaker debuted at Survivor Series in Hartford, Connecticut, I believe. Um, oh, it so it's, it's a fitting end, I guess. It was, it was either Albany or Hartford. I want to say it was Hartford. I think it was anyway, Hartford. Um, so yeah, it was. Yeah, it's kind of a fitting end, and the WWE likes to do this once in a while. I was bring back, but it always seems like, like you know, they 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 need to rely on. Like their attitude era stars or right let's um, bring oh we're down or oh we're going to austin texas let's make sure stone cold comes in yeah and you know? they've always they, they, they've seemed to have an issue building up building up a, a, a new star but, and just trusting them yeah and or or pushing or making them uh like the, like the rock the rock i mean the rock is a is an anomaly because the rock is just an, is an amazing personality um so i think that you know, he became bigger than the WWE. Oh, totally. And I, I, mean, I, I'm worried that the WWE is worried about people becoming bigger than them than themselves after after the Rock, because um, you know, even John Cena, like you know, the the amount that they pushed John Cena to was never felt like he was the same. He didn't level. get over like the Rock. No, he's not, and he's not a film actor like the Rock is either. No, he was in films, but it's like it's still John Cena in a movie versus like when you see The Rock in a movie, it's like okay, that's The Rock, but now I'm over the fact that's The Rock and I'm watching a movie. And he's he's just a anomaly, right? The Rock is, is yeah. just, but even like a guy like Stone Cold, right? Stone Cold's still always Stone Cold, but Stone Cold is, you know, um, has a huge media presence. Like look at look yeah. at what he's done on TV and and his podcast is huge, right? And I think that even. Even people who don't watch wrestling, I think, are in this in the Stone Cold and The Rock, and definitely The you Rock. Know, I mean, my, who, my mom knows who The Rock is, you know. Right. <laughs> my mom does not watch wrestling. Right, but she probably even knows who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. If you said Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, maybe not. But um, but that's what I mean, though. I, you know that the you have to transcend the mainstream, or sorry, you have to tr- you have to transcend wrestling and get into the mainstream to have that kind of appeal. And I think that's something that 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 Stone Cold and The Rock and even Hogan back in the day was able to do. Um, where whereas I don't feel like they have anybody 
um, recently who, who's been able to do that. And John Cena has tried a little bit and, to, you know, succeeded to test some success, but maybe not as much as... Um, well, I mean, on the John Cena front, was, you know, he was, the, he was like the uber face and old school wrestling fans just kind of rejected that. Um, and I think... That's what I mean. Where, where's the new audience coming from, right? Why well, here's the, the question. Not... is like, who, you know, who's the WWE trying to appeal to? Are they trying to appeal to beyond wrestling fans or are they just, or are they just trying to appeal to wrestling fans? Because that's their problem. They always want to... They want to continually... You know, there, there's... Well, you need to grow. There's no exponential growth. You cannot just continue to grow forever and ever and ever. Eventually you're going to hit a wall. You can't just have the entire world's attention watching your show. It doesn't work that way. Especially when you now have three weekly shows, you know, you have three shows every single week. Raw, which is three hours long. Um, NXT, which is actually your best show, even though it's supposed to be your C show. Uh, and then you have a pay-per-view every five weeks. And then you got, two, you got 205 Live, don't forget you know, so you're, you're you got all this content coming on the network. You're now oversaturating the market and you're trying to, you're trying to dominate the, the entire world of entertainment that you shouldn't be doing. You know, you want to be in movies, you want the, the network, you want this and that and everything. So it's like, at some point, you know, for me anyways, I get, it's like, I can't watch that much wrestling. I just get burnt out of it. Well, it all, it also all, like, it's like I always say, it all comes back to capitalism, right? You, in capitalism, you always need to be growing. If right. you're if you're stagnant, that's a that's a fail. That's the problem. They don't need. It's like, as far as I'm concerned, if you have a pro, yeah, you should grow a little bit. But at the same time, as long as people are watching every week, you have a consistent amount of ratings. You're going to make advertising revenue. And as long as you you know when you have live shows, you know they're always selling out arenas when we're live. So it's not like they're hurting at ticket sales. Merch is still doing its thing cut raw back down to two hours, make NXT an hour, keep SmackDown at two hours, you know, make it, 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 this is something that goes back to my theater days. You want to leave the audience wanting more. That's always been a huge trend in wrestling too. That's always been something that, but they don't do that. They, they are, um, by the way, your video froze. I see that. (laughs) So, you know, so we'll we'll end up, because I think you're starting to suck up the bandwidth for your wife while she's teaching class. Probably. But I'll just say that, I just say that uh, I, I think, you know, the way Vince looks at it is like, we're just going to give them everything. Cause look at WrestleMania two years ago, it was six hours long. Um, and, and I was there and it was great matches, but at the end of it, I'm just exhausted. Like as a fan watching it live in the arena in the, in the stadium at MetLife stadium, by the time Becky Lynch wins the title after midnight, I'm like, I want to go to bed. I'm not, I don't want to sit up and cheer. I want to fall asleep because it's, I've been up for so long at that point. Uh, le- you know, make your things shorter think, and make them want more. That I way they about, come back. I think about that. Like when we were, when we were, you know, college age watching, watching the attitude era. And like, if those, if those pay-per-views were that long at Hooters, I would have been, I would have been passed out. <laughs> right. I can't drink that much. Right. Or when I used to go to, I used to go to, uh, we used to go to Buffalo Wild Wings for pay-per-views. I'm like, my bladder is going to explode, buddy. Come on. Yeah. That's, so, you know, I want to get a sponsorship from Buffalo Wild Wings. I love Buffalo Wild Wings, but that's another story. Buffalo Wild Wings, if you're listening. If you're listening, but any, if Buffalo Wild Wings, whoever, whoever you are, I love Buffalo Wild Wings and I'm not ashamed to admit that. <laughs> it's, their sauces are so good. The food itself is meh, but <laughs> the sauce, the sauces make the chicken, man. The sauces it, always it's, make the chicken. It's like Hooters. If you're going there for something besides the wings, you, you're making a mistake. And that's, 
listen, and that's something nobody ever believes me on with Hooters is I do like the food at Hooters. Well, because they're they, they, they have the really best buffalo chicken sandwich I've ever had. And I'm sorry, I've been to Hooters many times. There's really nothing to look at there. Well, yeah, I mean, it depends on where you go, maybe, but I'm like, whatever. Yeah, that's another story. Let's not get too sexist, but. Um, well, it's also I, I and, I, and I've gone to I've grown out of like wine to go to a place like that. Anyway, times are times are changing, right? Family restaurant, my ass. At least, hopefully, times are changing. Listen, whatever. But, yeah. All right, I think I, I think we wasted your I I think we wasted people's time long enough this week because we yeah, have, we have we definitely a, hit the hour forty minute mark. We got oh a super sized episode. We got a super wow. sized episode this week. This is what happens when we have a guest. Hopefully, we have more guests in the future. If you want to be yeah. a guest on the show, reach out to us. Reach us to how, Keith? How do, how, do oh, you, well, how, do you, how do you contact? That is a great question. We, guess what? We actually have an email address, believe we it do. or not. It is. What is the email address? I don't know. It's generationsillennial. It's, it's gzennial. Oh, I sorry. Get, I couldn't get the whole thing because there's one else already took it. So gzennial at gmail.com. Or you can leave a comment on wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm. You know, leave us a rating and review. Reach out to us on Twitter. You can follow my YouTube channel at Just Another Guy Talking About Stuff. My uh, Twitter is at KeithZD. Very, very original, I know. My but, Twitter uh, is Ref Vinny Lax. So there you Vinny go. Vinny with find, an IE. Find us on the tweets. We're not going to do any fleets. because that's. I, I've, already, I've already done fleets. Oh, you're killing me. I've already done fleets. <laughs> but it's, they're just, you know what I do for my, and this is typical, I, 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 I use my Snapchat because I, I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot and I like the filters. Don't, don't judge me. But, I and I, and I, and I use those for my fleets and my Instagram stories usually. So uh, yeah, your story popped up on Facebook and I saw the filter on it. I was like, Oh, he's using the filters. No, you don't want the fil- I'm a big, I'm a big mark for the filters. I don't, I don't, you know I don't care. You know, don't judge the, me. the funny filters. Okay. The ones that kill me are like the, the ones the girls lose that like make their face look like really smooth and like doll. Like it freaks me out. Cause it I like, like those it's, too. It's so fake, but it looks, but like, I don't know. Yeah, when, no. when I see, but, you know, I'm getting older, I'm getting wrinkles. You know, I gotta, you know, I gotta make, I gotta free myself up for the internet. Something, something about it freaks me out. Life's a work, Keith. Yeah, it, life is a work. Well, well take care, guys. Of, life's a work. Us. Take it easy. Thanks for Talk listening. Talk to you next week. Bye bye.